You're listening to Where Water Flows Uphill, made possible by the Weld Community Foundation, who encourages us to spread the good. I'm your host, Tim Coons. The grand opening of Link Library Innovation Center. Um, so thank you everyone for coming out to celebrate with us, because this is going to be a day of celebration. So, so thrilling uh, to be here today. I, I know a lot of us were always trying to look over the horizon to see if this day would ever come, and we just had to hope and believe and close our eyes, cross our fingers that it would get here, and we made it. And I just wanted everybody to... Here we go, guys! In three, two, one! This past May, I took my recorder and went to the ribbon cutting, the official opening of The Link, a new library and innovation center in downtown Greeley, Colorado. The Weld Community Foundation, where I work, gave a grant to help bring in the artist Wes Bruce. And Wes has created a large-scale interactive children's space in the heart of the library. It's this uh, magical area in, in the midst of this wonderful, immense building. So this whole series has been interviewing Wes, partnering with the library, and then also telling quite a few stories, exploring the growth that's happening in our region. And this is the final episode. Welcome. At this ribbon cutting, a lot of people spoke and important recognitions were made. You just heard uh, just a couple of those voices. Dr. Matt Hort, Executive Director of the High Plains Library District, and then also Wes. After all the welcomes, the ribbon was cut and we went inside. A big question we've been asking this entire series is, in the coming flood of change, who do we want to be? In past episodes, I've spoken with city planners, journalists, even a water engineer, and I've asked them each after our interviews that question. And while in the midst of this great crowd of people, with so many folks who are really big champions of our community, it was too good of an opportunity to pass up, I ambushed them with the question. Here's a few of the answers I received while traveling amongst the smiles and honestly, a lot of dropped jaws. The link is a really impressive building. I wanted this to really set the tone for the beginning of today's final episode. I'm gonna let these folks talk a moment, really share their hearts. Who are you in the community and what role do you play? Um, but then I have a question of, in the coming flood of change, all the growth that we have, who do we want to be for Weld County? It's a big question. So yeah. state your name. Well, I wasn't ready for that, too. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just name and yeah, who name I am. Yeah, name who you, who, who you are in the community. And yeah, well, uh, my name is Zach, and I'm a, I'm a dad and, I, and a husband, and I work for the city of Greeley as a rec coordinator. And uh, the... What was the question? In the coming flood of change, all the growth that we have here, who do we want to be? Yeah. We want to be a space where every community member, whether new or old, is empowered and loved to be uh, the person that they were made to be. Um, and a place where people find opportunities to discover uh, new ways of, of doing community, new people that, that make them 
uh, better than they were when they arrived. So I think those are some things that, you know, Greeley truly is and, and will be. It's that question, um, in the coming flood of change for yeah. Kennedy, who do we want to be? Who do we want to be as, want to be as yeah. a community? Okay. Yeah. Um, hi, I'm Jamie. I'm the Greeley Chamber President. And I would say in the coming flood of change, um, we want to be able to not just imagine what the future looks like, but reimagine it. Um, so I think we need to make sure we don't get stagnant um, and we don't sit and kind of rest in the space we're in, but we continue to be there for the other people in our community and to push ourselves and to rethink things and to relearn. And I think this space will offer us a lot. So. Awesome. Hi, I'm Michelle Kempema. I'm the executive director of the Colorado Model Railroad Museum. And with the question of who we want to be, I don't want to lose who we are right now as people because we are known as the kindest and most accepting and welcoming city in tourism. And I know this because I work in this area and people tell me this that come and visit Greeley. But yet I think there's so much amazing opportunity in our future to grow and retain who we are as a community that is closely connected. So I think this library is fabulous. <laughs> Cameron Markard, uh, I'm a Greeley Tribune reporter. I'd like to see growth not just in the community infrastructure, but in the people. I'd like to see more people coming together to collaborate, even if they have differing ideas and opinions. Um, I'd like to see more diversity. Um, I would just like to, to see this area become more of a community together than different parts because you have like downtown Greeley but then you have the West End and you know people it just it's different and then you have like even even with Evans it's a little area and there's so many really great things there and I would love to see just this whole area come together to be one big um, very strong compassionate community. Mary Roberts. The roles I play in the community, I'm a community activist. I'm on two or three different, active in two or three different groups. I was recently on the library board for four years. And my husband and I have a store in downtown Greeley called Lincoln Park Emporium. And then um, the question I have is, in the coming flood of change, who do we want to be? Weld County's growing, fourth fastest growing region. And, uh, and so when you think about our community, who do we want to be in the coming years and in this change? Tim, you know that I'm a fan of history. We've been in other discussions. And Greeley started with a set of principles. And those principles are still evident today. And as we grow, we're going to keep applying those principles and growing in a healthy way, growing in a way that's very inclusive, growing in a way that includes planning so that we do that growth with some forethought. So I'm excited for Greeley. Greeley has a certain personality. I would hope that it would embrace that 
never try to change who, the, who it is. And um, take the growth in stride, appreciate, appreciate it for what it is, and then um, include all those newcomers. Because there's plenty for us to do, and you can see the kind of creativity that there is in Greeley just by looking at this library. Yeah. Uh, hello, my name is Armando Silva. I'm an artist, working artist here in Greeley, Colorado. And the question of who do we want to be here in Well County or Northern Colorado, specifically the Greeley community, I think, I think kind of like um, like the metaphor that our friend Wes used, being like a river. So something that's continuously moving, continuously changing, rising, lowering, um, changing with the seasons. Um, becoming new constantly, bringing new things to our space while kind of continuing to move around and respect what's already there and established, like in a historical, uh, cultural context. I slowly began to make my way up to Wes's installation to have a final interview with him. And kids were already telling me, as I had my recorder, what they loved best about the space Wes had created. Many of them had climbed up this giant silo that's found in the entryway of the library. Uh, they had climbed up that, and then they were discovering these different rooms. It, it's really hard to explain Wes's installation if you, if you haven't been there. Um, it's, there's this river painted on the floor. There are these big dome-looking little rooms that you can climb into. Some of them are filled with ropes. Some of them are filled with, uh, like, flowers that you can light up by putting your hand near them. Uh, and and so children were just all over the place exploring. I like the things um, in the dome that are kind of like lasers. I, really, I like going through them like a snake, and I also like the secret languages, and I also like the climbing thing, but I haven't explored all of it yet. But I still want to keep exploring. Um, well, I really do like the ropes in there, but and I also really do like the thing in the like silos, like that. Yeah, that yeah, super cool. So cool. I like all the words underneath the mural. I like how like sometimes this, the actual sun can point down and go on the sun mural and my other favorite part is the sunroom that you can climb through the nets. I also like um, the flowers that when you touch they glow. Yeah, those are beautiful. It was in this chaos and play that I sat down with Wes in his finely completed installation for a last interview. I, Evan asked me earlier how I was doing and I just kind of blanked and I was just like, just watch my face for like five seconds and I made the expressions of joy and confusion and bewilderment and exhaustion and energy and I'm, I am just so overjoyed and overwhelmed to see people 
in the space, to see kids running from one little secret spot to the next, to see... I saw this little girl grab the hand of a little boy and run through the curtain to go show them something. Yeah, um, there's, there's one little boy that went to an older brother and says, come on, come on, come on. He's, he's like, man, I won't fit. Like, he didn't realize like, yeah. how big of a space it was yeah, back there. Yeah, good. And I've had a couple chats with some grandmas in here also, and it's, it's just... <laughs> it's great to see the intergenerational just the crossover of everybody enjoying it like we made it for kids first and foremost but it, we made it for everybody and everybody is enjoying it and opening day always has its own energy like today is very distinct because it's it's wall to wall in here and it has that um that buzz of like a high watermark like this might be the most amount of people that are ever in it and then I'm also excited for, you know, a Wednesday morning when a lot of these people will come back and it's just quiet and they find things that they didn't see. But, you know, I'm, I've had people come up and ask me, like, oh, do you have a, 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 a special love for horses? Or, oh, tell me about, tell me about, like, the, all of these symbols and so many questions. Like, I've been asked easily 50 questions in the last hour from people which to me just means people are awake and curious and they're inquisitive and they're forming language to their questions and then they're doing something about it. And people, I've gotten asked for a pencil at least four or five times so people can go translate the language. So I am just very light and bubbly and I, I ran out and I am just, if I have any open space, I find myself like, sprinting from one place to the next. I had to go grab something from the car and you would think that there was a fire. <laughs> I was just like hopping and jumping and I yeah. ran through the grass and like water like went up to my ankle and I just like was flicking it off and hopping with one foot. I just look like I'm like 12 on the way to my own birthday party or something. <laughs> um, we haven't talked about the name, Where Water Flows Uphill. Um, why did you decide to, to name the installation Where Water Flows Uphill? Well, initially, Tim Coons, it was spawned from the name I'm, of the podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> It'll sound like it comes from you. <laughs> I, I like questions more than definitive statements with things, and I think it's, it's kind of unusual to have the name of, a, of an exhibition and a place be a question because it invites you in in a different way and it the whole thing is a, is a paradox like it doesn't work like that like you if you dig into the question like what do you mean like where does water flow uphill water doesn't flow uphill but then the name corresponds with the actual flow of the space the whole watery river on the floor pours you uphill into the headwaters room which is your inner self and so turns out the name of the exhibition is like the innermost self of everyone that comes into the space and not that you would get that from breaking down the name of the ideas but it, it is both the question it is a it is a mouthful it's something that people won't necessarily remember so I'm also excited for people to come up with their own names of what this place be okay. of, of, of what it will be called my kids said you mean the eggs room the eggs room <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like people will have all kinds of weird names for everything in here like we have 
a name for each one of these little rooms, but people will come up with their own. Or the fog, there's a fog machine, and it's I've heard it called the creepy waterfall a number of times, so that's starting to stick. Um, but I also, I like the name because you don't know what it is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little, uh, it's a little like head tilt and it makes you go like, what? Like what, what is that? And like everything else in here, like it gives you something to chew on and it'll mean something maybe on a different day. There's a lot of onion layers in everything in the whole space, including the name of it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, when I first came into the name thinking about uh, innovation and like where water flows uphill, like humans, like if you see a water tower, there is water going up a hill. Yeah. Or going up. Yeah. You know, if you yeah. use if you use a faucet in a high rise building, yeah. there was water. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and so there's innovation to it, um, and also imagination. Yeah. And uh, and then and then when I saw your art film uh, on the inside, the whole journey is uh, the character heading from river up the mountain. Yeah. And so it was oh like heading up that river. Yeah. Where water is yeah. flowing up that yeah. Light. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's like coming into so many different interpretations. Yeah, like, really. One, one more question. Would you speak to uh, the wall of the broken pottery and, and that idea? What's stated above it? So with, so with your question, just to kind of paint the picture for folks listening, um, when you come into the space, if you kind of keep curving around left, you'll come into what we call the horse grotto. And it has all of these pieces of, I just call it rubble, but it's its pieces of old bathtubs and broken tile and broken pieces of terracotta bowls. And right in the center, there is the icon of the wildflower, which is the character that Lucy plays in the middle. It's representative of the inner child of all of us. And it has all of these broken pieces of terracotta bowls that have been reformed as a circle around it. And off to the left there's a symbol of a snake and then there's a symbol that connects to the willows and then there's a little horse head above that and above that it says we took the broken pieces and created something new rough quote and there's this idea in Japan that I heard through the wonders of the internet called kintsugi pottery where say you have a teapot you drop the teapot and it breaks it shatters and instead of throwing those pieces away you put them back together and you allow the broken seams to be filled with gold and it is more valuable and is somehow magically more whole now that it has been reformed than it was prior to its breaking. And to me, that's one of the loveliest metaphors of what to do with the things in your life that fall apart. What do you do with the broken pieces? What do you do with the, the broken and shattered plans? And that is something that everybody will experience in their life. And in that space where there's Lucy's wildflower icon and those broken pots, that's from a scene in the film where we take all these broken, all these bowls and we break them and then it plays in reverse and they get reformed. And through the medicine of the willows, through the friendship and patience of the horse and through the guidance of the snake and the depth, the depth of breath, Lucy makes something new from that and keeps going and finds her way all the way back to the beginning and all of those chunks of things um, on the on the flanges on the wings of that horse grotto were collected from the ocean with me wearing uh, duck hunting waders 
from high tide just sloshing around in January storms, collecting them literally one piece of broken tile at a time into bags, and then I'd have to hike them out to my truck, throw them into my truck, and I would put cones out to not get a ticket, pretending that I was an ecologist and keeping my head down when anybody of official notice would drive by. And then had them driven across the country to get here and then took all of the pieces from people's broken kitchens and bathrooms from 1940s New York City and reconstituted them on this big wall. Anything else that you want to say? Um, just that the whole time we're talking that I almost cry. <laughs> that I just feel so grateful to be a part of the project as a whole, to run in parallel with all of the, the beautiful work that has gone into this and to be one thread on the back of this whole tapestry. Just really grateful. Um, one of the last things I did before leaving the space to go back home, like when I was done, was I wrote thank you three times up on the wall next to my clothes that I was wearing as the snake and then I painted the river in and then there's no way all that paint was going to come off in the wash and so I literally just attached them up onto the wall and my paintbrush and then wrote thank you and then walked out. <laughs> thank, you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Friends, this wraps up an eight-episode journey. This has been such a great series to create. Interviewing Wes from the beginning, I got to share with you about how this installation follows the hero's journey and all the characters that are hidden throughout. Then we've also been looking at our region right now and how it's growing. I've been able to share those stories with you alongside interviewing Wes. I wanted to close this whole series with a story, and it'll make sense in a moment. When I was a sophomore in high school, I had a really special experience, one that has stayed with me. As a class, we were reading this book of short stories together, and the stories were collected from all different modern writers, and I remember reading one of them from Tim O'Brien. It was this short story about a young man returning from the Vietnam War, having a hard time acclimating back to his hometown. And it was a good short story, uh, nothing especially striking for me as a high schooler at the time, but then the following chapter, Tim O'Brien, the author, explained his writing. He walked the reader through the story, why he used the names he used, the colors mentioned, the setting. At one point he says, you know, when the character walks into the lake at the end, I was worried that was too obvious of a baptism scene, but that's how I wanted it to end. And I remember my 15-year-old brain being blown away. I had missed so much from my first reading of the story. I had no idea an author could be that intentional, invest that much into the craft. And I remember my English teacher at the time being like, Tim, that's how most writers approach creating fiction. There's layers more to just the telling of the story. If I hadn't have had the author be a guide for me, leading me through the piece, explaining some of the work, how much would I have just gleaned over? That short story all of a sudden had this tremendous depth that I appreciated all the more. The experience of having a guide can be transformative. Since that English class, I, I've had this type of experience actually many times. I've walked through a beautiful chapel with an architect. 
And this architect, a friend of mine, explained the builder's use of light and organic lines. What was simply a structure for me became this thoughtful, sacred space thanks to my friend's guidance. I've eaten at a fancy restaurant and had the chef come out to the table, speak to us about the menu and how the ambiance and even the bowls and silverware all served this specific idea. It enriched the already incredible meal and experience. In these examples, a guide illuminates for us what's already there, what's already been created and made, or what's right in front of you that you might not have noticed. In this way, a guide can simply be the person who nudges you while you're driving and says, look at that sunset. When we began with episode one, titled At the River's Edge, the main idea of that episode was about Wes Bruce being a guide, that his artwork can help ask questions, it stirs imagination and creativity, helps wake us up to the most important things in our lives, sparking change. Inspiring art can do that, help you see things differently. And really my hope for this whole podcast series was that Wes could be a guide explaining his creation some, this installation in the link, that after listening in, you'd feel this sense of, oh, I didn't realize that that went into that room or I missed that the first trip or, oh, so, so that's what that part of the film means. In coming to the close of this series, Where Water Flows Uphill, I wanna ask you this. Friend, what would it look like for you to be a guide to this place? to our home, to our city, to our county. There's a coming flood of change, of growth in Weld County. So many people are moving here. Our region is changing. What if you were to take on the role of guide, pointing out what you witness as great and what you love about this place, what it means to you? There's a great line of poetry from Mary Oliver, and it goes like this, instructions for living a life. Pay attention, be astonished, tell about it. What if you were a guide to this community? This could mean taking people to favorite restaurants or parks to see the art, experience the museums, go to the concerts. It might mean telling people about where you volunteer or about your places of worship. Or even going deeper, being a guide could mean celebrating the diversity of our region, or lifting up its grounded values, or shining a light on the stewardship of public safety, education, and water. In the coming flood of change, who do we want to be? I know you personally have an answer towards this. Be a guide for me, for us. Show us the great loves you have for this place, your home. It seems then our understanding of this place would grow in width and depth and breadth. It would feel like an ever-expanding uncovering. Because that's what the journey is. A constant rediscovery of home. Thank you for listening to Where Water Flows Uphill. Music on today's episode was from James Bishop, 
Additional music by Giants and Pilgrims. Thank you to Dave Farrell, a faculty member at Ames Community College who helps with sound engineering and mixing. As always, thank you to the Weld Community Foundation who makes this production possible. Head to weldcommunityfoundation.org for more. I want to say thank you to Kelly Reagan and Dan England from the NoCo Optimist and Peter Dirk, James Molina, and Neve Mercer from the High Plains Library District. Also thanks to Ryan Shoemaker and James Bishop, creatives who helped Wes with the audio and visual of his installation. Finally, thank you to Wes Bruce for sharing your heart and creations with us. Where Water Flows Uphill is a beautiful installation. Here's to such a creative catalyst inspiring our entire county. Thanks for listening to Where Water Flows Uphill, a special series from Weld Found. If you're enjoying it, rate the show, share it with a friend. Weld Found will be returning for its fifth season. Stay tuned. <laughs>